Smartcast. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jason Zook. In this episode, special guest Milagros Reynoso and I discuss ways to develop your spiritual path. We hope that you enjoy this episode. Thank you for supporting the show. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self-improvement, and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn. Sit back and get ready to socialize with the Social Psychic. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's with great pleasure that I have special guest Milagros Reynoso, who's coming on the show today to discuss ways to develop our own spiritual path. Milagros Reynoso is someone who I've known for quite some time. She actually goes by Millie as well. We've been personal friends and a colleague with each other since uh, January 2017 when I first pursued my spiritual path officially. Millie owns her own business called Milagros Wellness Sanctuary. Her website is milagroswellness.com. Millie is a master certified Reiki healer and an ordained minister in soul evolution. She's also certified in integrative sound therapy, and she's currently pursuing her own psychic mediumship abilities. Millie provides spiritual healing and intuitive guidance as a part of her practice to her clients. The reason why I wanted to invite Millie on the show today is because I have a lot of members of our audience who contact me asking about ways that one can develop their own spiritual path. A lot of times I'll have people ask me, how did you go from point A to point B? Point A, you were an attorney and you didn't have any type of spiritual path involved that you were pursuing. Now you're currently doing your own path as a psychic medium and intuitive guidance, uh, spiritual healer yourself. And what I tell people is everyone has their own unique path. And part of the podcast, that the message of this podcast is to try to ask those people who are a little more advanced than ourselves or the typical listener, what step can you take if you're interested in wanting to open yourself up spiritually? If you want to be more in touch with your spiritual side, connected to your intuitive abilities, uh, utilizing things such as Reiki healing, meditation, uh, mindfulness, understanding the connection between mind, body, and spirit, energetic frequencies. There's so many things that we could touch on. For the scope of this interview, I'm so excited to have Millie on to talk about her own path and the knowledge that she's acquired from her own personal study in this area. And I just can't wait to have our audience learn about some of the particular suggestions that Millie will have for us regarding developing our own ability. It's with great pleasure that I welcome Milagros Reynoso to the show. Hello. How are you? (laughs) Welcome to the show, Millie. It's great to have you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, uh, I know that this is something we've been talking about doing for quite some time, and the fact that we're finally able to coordinate our schedules to do this is, is a great honor on my part that I wanted to thank you for. I thank you. Want to th- thank you very much. Uh, the first question I want to ask you, and this is what I did part of the intro, is 
the title of our show is Discussing Ways to Develop Our Own Spiritual Path. And I wanted to ask you, how did you go about pursuing your own spiritual path to do what you're doing now with Milagros Wellness Sanctuary? Well, I actually, technically speaking, I was born into it. Um, my mom, well, my parents are Catholic, and but they were spiritualists as well. They they practice white magic. It's called um, in English espiritismo, which is kind of like white magic in Santeria. So, okay. you know, my grandmother was kind of like a witch doctor and, you know, my family members, they just did a lot of white magic at the same time going Sunday to Sunday service. <laughs> okay. So you had, you had like a mixed, a mixed background. In other words, it sounds like spiritual. You had the Catholic background in your family and then you had the spiritual background through your grandmother. Is that, is that accurate? Yes, technically through my grandmother, but it's that side of the family, like my mother's side, my grandmother, that, that grandmother. Yeah. Definitely. And I believe you're from the same area that I'm from, northern New Jersey. Is that right? Based on our prior conversations? Actually, um, I'm from New York City, uh, but I did move to Passaic, New Jersey. Which is only two towns over from where I grew up. uh, I want to ask you this. In reference to your grandmother's background, um, where was she from? Was she from New York as well? She was um, born and raised in Puerto Rico. She actually came to New York when she was, I believe, in her 30s. Okay. And what is exactly, just so our audience understands, because it might be something new that they haven't heard about before, what's white magic or Santeria, if you can explain that a little further for the audience? Well, um, tech, uh, just to summarize, this, Santeria actually came from technically Ifa, which is from Africa, and it has been brought by Africans to Cuba, to Haiti, to Puerto Rico, to Dominican, you know, a lot of the, the uh, Latin America, if that makes sense. And, okay. you know, and just to really summarize it, it's just basically calling upon certain deities or also known as Orishas, saints to kind of help you out with certain things in life, whether it's getting a job or strengthening your relationship or, you know, protection is the number one thing. Getting more money is another thing, you know, so, or just spiritual cleanse. Sometimes, you know, a lot of people are empaths and we absorb so much. So most people go to white magic practitioners to kind of help clear their energy. Okay. And what exactly is white magic? I know some people think of magic and they think of, a show like Charm from the '90s, or The Wizard yeah. of Oz, with <laughs> the Witch of the, you know, the Witch of the West, and the, you know, how, how does it factor into what you're describing, and how is it different? Well, there's, you know, white magic, and then there's black magic. So what we call white magic is kind of like magic that's positive. So magic that's positive is anything that will help you uh, to evolve, you know, spiritually, whether it's evolving, you know, in terms of of um, getting a better job or, you know, strengthening relationship with yourself or if you have a spouse with your spouse. It could be many things that you wouldn't consider negative. And then there's black magic where people would use that to hurt others, but that was always totally against what what we our practice. We never did that because obviously you do something like that, it's, you know, the law of attraction, you know. <laughs> Sure. And and just for the audience, if you do something like that, you're going into territory where it could come back. I guess the thought process is it could come back and hurt you three times more or something like that. Is that oh, totally. Accurate? Yes, yeah, that's very that's accurate. Let me ask you this. When it comes to being an entrepreneur, 
and having your own spiritual business. What's been the greatest challenge you found from when you first started your business to, to now? What have you found to be one of your challenges in terms of creating your own business entrepreneurially? And mm-hmm. what suggestions would you have for members of the audience who may be interested in doing the same but haven't actually done any of it yet? First and foremost, the universe, I would say, has a sense of humor in a sense because the universe kind of carries you along to what you're supposed to be doing. So with that said, it's, I, became, I came from the corporate world, and when I got laid off, when the economy went down in 07, 06, 07, um, I decided to go back to school to become an esthetician. But I had no idea that, you know, in order to perform Reiki services here in the state of Florida, you had to be licensed to touch. And this was way before I even got into energy healing of any kind. I just wanted people to have great skin. And so, but what I'm getting at is that sometimes the universe, you know, takes you with the ebb and flow of what you're supposed to do and and literally puts teachers in your path to kind of help mold you into what you're eventually supposed to do. So with that said, I worked out of a holistic wellness center where, which was very spiritual, which they did a lot of naturopathic therapies, but they also incorporated uh, spiritual uh, therapies. And so that's where I learned a lot about, you know, sound healing and energy healing. And um, I learned you know, the proper ways of reading people or conducting energy healing from there. And um, fast forward when it was time for me to open up my wellness sanctuary, that was the ultimate test because a client of mine literally invested. For me, that was like a lot of of pressure uh, because now I not only have one rent, there was two rents that I had to pay and two separate utilities and, and all this good stuff. So I just in my heart is in my head actually in my mind I I didn't want that money to go to waste you know so to speak so the ultimate test is faith that's where you're you're tested where all the principles that you learn in terms of you know the law of attraction and being in alignment and going with the flow of life and you know not worrying you know but just staying neutral all of that was put to the test. Well, when you said all that's put to the test, one of the things I think of in, in reference to all that is being able to do what we do every day. We have our human side and we have our spiritual side. And I wanted to ask yeah. you in contrast, we, were, we talk about this on, on occasion in our, in our personal conversations. How do you find having multiple roles in our modern society where you, you do spiritual healing work and Reiki healing and spiritual consultations and, I know that you've also started getting into integrated sound and uh, integrated and you do meditation work. How do you find that right. kind of work that you do? And I, I know it raises our vibration while we do it. And then you go yeah. and you live your normal life and you deal with the stresses of our normal life. How do you find for yourself personally, you are able to reconcile our higher vibrational spiritual side with our human side, if that makes any sense? The no, of I understand. Well, first and foremost, when I locked the door to my wellness sanctuary to just go home, I lock everything else in here. <laughs> I literally okay. am just the human side of me. Um, and that's the one thing that I always encourage people to learn is to leave it, to shut it off when you're not working because you need that time for yourself. You know, you need that time to to socialize, to be out, and not constantly working. 
So I had to learn sure. that over time because it can be draining. It really could. And so I just learned to shut it off. And But ultimately, I'm just myself. You know, I curse like a sailor. You know, I <laughs> love to have a good time. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just me. I I don't like when people meet me, they don't realize what I do. I don't tell them until later on, maybe in the conversation or, you know, if somebody else mentions it, if we're in a group or something in a group setting and they don't notice it because I'm so down to earth and so, you know, free spirit and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I, I tell them, you know, I'm not your normal <laughs> Um, energy healer, psychic. I'm just a regular person. You live the same life as anyone else, but you happen to do this as a passion as you're living, as part of your life. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And, and you know, um, what I always remind people is that, you know, living on earth, being human is meant to be, yes, an experience, but you're also meant to have a good time. You know what I mean? Um, to live your life, to enjoy it to the fullest. It's not you walking into corporate spiritual America. You know what I mean? It's it's not supposed Absolutely. to be so structured like that. You know, um, the universe, source, God, God is the dude, do that, whoever you call it. You know, they want you to have that time to yourself because the more joy, the more good times you have for yourself, the more you you're able to, you know, to just be the the more in line you are in life and the more you raise your vibration and you keep it raised. And, and, and when your vibration is raised, that's where the law of attraction kicks in. And just for, and just for our audience to understand, because I know some members might be tuning in and they may not understand what the law of attraction is. Can you kind of give mm-hmm. us a short little definition of that? So that in, in the context of which you're using it for our purposes today, what do you mean when you say law of attraction? Well, it's like attracts like, you know, so when I'm talking about um, keeping your vibration raised in joy, that is the best way I can say is that's where you're at your calmest when you're just, you know, just being, being yourself, just being. When you're at your calmest, you reduce restrictions or any type of control or any type of of um and forgive me because mercury is retrograde so sometimes it's hard for me (laughs) to get my words out but um it's it's where you just are at your calmest level when you're at your calmest that's where your desires your what you want actually manifest quicker but if you're under duress or any kind of stress or you're very rigid in your thinking that's an art of of resistance so it's Pretty much being carefree. Can I curse a little bit, just a little bit? You can say darn. I'm just joking. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it's it's literally <laughs> practicing the art of not giving a shit. Okay. That's not the biggest curse word, so that's not a big deal. Uh, plus <laughs> censorship's not so much of an issue right here. Here's my question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I live in Colorado. And this is the first time I've heard this show and this podcast. I'm tuning in and I have no knowledge of spirituality. My idea of spirituality is going to church on Sunday every once in a while, maybe on Easter and maybe Christmas. And we're talking here about pursuing one's own spiritual path. So let's say you're tabula rasa, you're clear slate. And I walk into, I come down to Florida and I'm here for a few weeks and I walk Mm -hmm. into Milagros Wellness Sanctuary and I walk in and I, I see you and I say, can you tell us a little about, tell me a little about how you'd recommend I pursue my own spiritual path if I have no knowledge 
of anything with spirituality, but I have a calling. I have a passion. What suggestion right. would you make to someone like that? That's funny because I get that almost every day. Because <laughs> sometimes people, what happens is, you know, people start getting what I like to call synchronicities, which is like um, synchronicities is a very broad definition. But, you know, some people get little, little truths that resonates with them. Things like, for instance, you know, all of a sudden they'll watch, you know, uh, the own network and they'll see the soul series that she has. And then, you know, they'll get things will resonate with them and, and make them question a lot of things about um, some of the structured things they were brought up in. You know what I mean? Um, sure. But normally what I explain to people is it's really getting comfortable in your truth. We're pretty much raised not to be comfortable in our truth. It's, we're raised to be in a very, I would say, I don't want to say corporate lifestyle. Forgive me. It is Mer- Mercury retrograde. It's like in a very <laughs> like structured <laughs> family, you know, where you're supposed to pay attention to the outside, what is dictated on the outside. We're not raised to really pay attention to how we feel or what is within our own divine guidance. And so, you know, basically it's, it's, it's about, you know, being comfortable in your own truth, what you feel. It's not in terms of ego and um, the art of, well, I don't want to say the art. It's not in terms of ego and selfishness in terms of that type of ego, but it's more of a selfishness in terms of, you know what, this is what's best for me and I'm comfortable with it. And that is spirituality. It's your truth. Yeah, that's interesting. And I, I would say this as well. If someone's interested in wanting to pursue uh, their spiritual path in an entrepreneurial role, how uh-huh. would you change? How would you change your answer or change your recommendation to them based on what you just said? In terms of becoming entrepreneurial, uh, entrepre- you know what I mean. That entrepreneurial, <laughs> yes, entrepreneurial. Yes. For you. No <laughs> in, in spirituality, I am a huge advocate of going to a lot of the different workshops and learning as much as you can in different workshops. When I talk about workshops, there's many metaphysical shops and wellness centers, including mine here, where we teach a lot of classes and conduct a lot of events. And some may resonate with you and some may not. So as an example, um, you might go to a workshop where you learn how to use pendulums. You know, that's part of you going with the ebb and flow of learning spirituality and, and how you can incorporate that into your practice. Or you might want to learn prana or reiki, you know, and that may interest you. You take those classes. So it's all about practicing. And the more you practice, the more stronger your your psychic abilities or your intuition will become, the more your flow of energy will will um, go through you. But everything requires practice and time. And eventually, when you're ready, become an entrepreneur in spirituality, it'll happen naturally in its own way. The, the divine will make it happen for you. But it's really going with the ebb and flow of spiritual school or, or what I like to call spiritual boot camp, where you just have to learn through actual personal experience, which is spirituality. It's, it's learning, you know, um, discerning and, um, you know, whether you have to learn how to create boundaries through experience, you know what I mean? Or actually going to workshops and just learning different modalities and different tools. And eventually 
you bring it into your practice and, you know, slowly but surely and, you know, and it'll happen. It, it, for me, it took me, I've been in business since 2009, but I have been, I've had my own wellness sanctuary for four years now. So it, it does take time. <laughs> Thank you. Sure. Thank you. I hope I answered your question because sometimes I can be you all did. over the place. No, you're okay. I, uh, I'll say this. And one of the things I got from your answer just now, makes me think about things when, at least from my personal experience of working with spiritual entrepreneurship type stuff with my own psychic business and mm -hmm. working with yourself and other healers and other people that pursue this type of field of study, if we want to call it that, because everything is a field of study. We're all practicing this right. group. One of, totally. one of the things I like about, about your answer and one of the things I want to tie into and just kind of highlight a little more is what we're learning when we pursue our spiritual path is understanding different healing modalities that we can yes. then master and apply to clients who come to us who seek either totally. guidance, clarity, uh, wanting to communicate with deceased loved ones like mediumship or even energy yep. healing. These are all different modalities that have existed probably for thousands of years, some of them. And oh, we're yeah, tapping thousands. into those things. And even shamanism, for example, I've had shamans on my show before. So all these different yeah. concepts, it's a very broad spectrum of study. And I feel like metaphysical stuff as well. These are all things yeah. that if someone really wants to learn about, they can study. And it's really unlimited knowledge if you think about it. And uh, I can also tell you those who are called to pursue, whether it's healing or, you know, spiritual um, consultations, you know, psychic readings or mediumship, that is already, that's always been deeply embedded into your spiritual DNA. So when you're reincarnating into this life, you're just remembering what you already know. For sure. What do you think in reference to, I know you mentioned Mercury and retrograde a couple of times during the show today. And I know yep. from my vantage point, I feel it very heavily when it happens. Yep. I want, I've, been, I've been asking you about coming on the show for a while to talk about Mercury and retrograde. So I want to dedicate a little segment of our show right now since we're in the middle of it. If you can tell me a little bit about, and tell our audience, I should say, your personal mm -hmm. understanding of Mercury and retrograde and how to survive it and what to anticipate when you're in the middle of it and when this current <laughs> one's going to end and how energy shifts factor in all of this. Well, Mercury retrograde, just to summarize it, because I'm not an astrologer, but what I know basically is when Mercury goes backwards, when Mercury goes backwards, which retrogrades, every planet goes into to retrograde, you know, um, and you can always look that up. But some, some of these other planets, they go into retrograde every couple of years. Mercury just seems to be the one that's, you know, two, three times per year. And when it goes backwards, that is when communication is not very good. You're unable to express yourself the way you want to, or some people will, will take uh, things that you say completely out of left field, like, you know, it, you didn't even mean it that way. Also, it's notorious for messing up travel. So, like, you know, you can always expect delays when you're traveling by plane or, you know, bus. Um, a lot of times uh, cars tend to break down, like two of my cars, their engine kind of blew. That's Mercury or retrograde. And yeah, well, a week apart, uh, and I'll explain about how retrograde, because retrograde also has the shadow period, you know, it has this. So Mercury went into retrograde, I believe, February 16th, 
And um, the shadow periods of it, meaning some of the residual of it, starts starts about two weeks prior to the 16th, and then it continues two weeks after Mercury goes direct, which means when it goes direct, it goes forward again. So so when Mercury is in retrograde, the positive aspects about Mercury in retrograde, because it's not all negative, is that it's a great time to also reflect. Okay, so if you ever want to do a little bit of healing of the past or if you need uh, rest and recuperation, Mercury retrograde will support that. Okay. Also, I forgot to mention you never sign contracts. That's another thing. Never sign anything unless, you know, it's already been in the plans. But um, it's a great time to really reflect and rest and um, just think of, you know, the RE, RE. You know, retrograde, there's re, and this is the communication part. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see if I help you. Recoup, recharge. Recoup, yes. Yes. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, recoup, recharge, reset, read. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I think we got a few of those out there. Started to happen on the 16th. Then by the end of January, it's already starting in that shadow period. And then when it it goes back to direct, there's still a little Which will be on the 10th. Afterwards. Right. So it'll go direct on the 10th, but the shadow period ends on the 30th. Okay. And yeah, I I know mm -hmm. that I've had situations over the years when Mercury goes into retrograde, I'll have arguments with a loved one. I'll have arguments with relatives. I'll have disagreements. There's miscommunication. People are overly sensitive and irritable and just seem really out of it. (laughs) Is that your personal observation as well? Yes. That's exact, you know, just a lot of miscommunication. And I, and I don't want to say that that's all the time for every single person because it's different for everyone. But if things seem to just go haywire, whether it's via electronics or communicate, miscommunication or travel or, you know, or anything in between like that, then, yeah, you can definitely blame it on Mercury retrograde. What? Would you suggest to someone who's going through a really disastrous Mercury in retrograde right now, what could they do to kind of minimize the impact it's having on them emotionally and spiritually and just feeling drained? Well, you know, definitely it's all about the RE, recoup, reset. It's a good time to be a hermit if you feel overwhelmed, you know, because sometimes being (laughs) around other people's energies could be a little too much and it's not allowing you to recoup. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so it's a good time sure. to be a, a hermit. And if you have family members that are not used to you being a hermit, which I get every day, you know, some people, they just want to be alone and they can't because so many people depend on them. You know, just give yourself a whole hour where you just shut off your phone, go for a walk or watch YouTube or a little bit of Netflix. You know, you just need that time to reset. What do you think? For someone who wants to develop their spiritual path, what would be one of the skills set that you'd recommend someone who's aspiring, for example, to be more intuitive? What could they do now without consulting anybody just on their own? Is there anything that you suggest, such as meditation? Yes. Well, definitely you meditation. YouTube, YouTube, even though their commercials suck by going into, you know, like in the middle of learning how to meditate or watching certain um um, certain YouTube channels that will help you spiritually evolve. Um, those commercials could be annoying, but YouTube is great for that. There's also a website. I call it the spiritual Netflix. It's called Gaia.com. 
com. <laughs> they have thousands okay. of spiritual videos that you can learn from, thousands of videos. Um, and a great book to start with, which is what I always have a lot of my clients start with, is definitely The Five Agreements by Miguel Ruiz and Conversations with God, or The Complete Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh, The Celestine Prophecy, uh, The okay. Shack is great. You know, it. Uh, all of these books allows you to understand energy and why things happen. But if you're a visual person and not so much of a reader, uh, Gaia.com is really good. That's great. That's I've heard a lot of like Gaia. like the spiritual Netflix. Yeah, and it's about maybe 10 bucks a month. That's not bad at you all. You know, commercial so free. Definitely the investment. Sure, sure. Yeah. What What do you think our digital age will do for anyone interested in wanting to learn more about spirituality? How do you think that's going to help them pursue their path? The digital age? Um, well, yeah. are you talking about, like, um, social media? This could incorporate social media, computers, utilizing things like YouTube, online videos, yeah. courses. What's your opinion of that and how it can help you become more um, well, spiritual on your own path? Well, for me, like I have an Instagram channel called milagroswellness.com and my channel, it teaches a lot about a lot of different aspects of spirituality, but a lot of the memes and um, pics that I always incorporate are supposed are funny because, you know, spirituality is not rigid. So a lot of times <laughs> I always post, you know, crazy, what I call inappropriate spiritual memes <laughs> that, you know, people can relate to. It's what they feel. And it's funny, but they're like, wow, you know, this is exactly how I feel. Um, so, you know, my form of teaching through social media is not only using funny um, spiritual memes, inspirational messages, but it's for you to understand that spirituality is... <laughs> It's not meant to be so serious, you know. It's not it, It's not organized, okay. It's none of that. It's only your truth and what makes you happy. And I tried so much, so hard to, to teach that, you know, through social media, through Facebook and Instagram. And sometimes I'll leave video messages, you know, when I feel inspired to, to share a message from spirit. I want to ask you a little about your background. I wanted to ask you about your master certified Reiki healer and how you uh, became certified as a master Reiki healer. What steps did you take for that? I started, well, like I mentioned before, I was working out of a wellness sanctuary as an esthetician doing uh, facials. And one day my Reiki master uh, was getting facials from me and she kept telling me that I she felt a lot of healing energy coming out of my hands. And uh, for me, in exchange for her teaching me about Reiki, she would, you know, um, meaning a barter system, um, you know, she would teach me Reiki. And so I became certified in Reiki 1, I believe, in 2008. And then six months later, certified in Reiki too, but it took me about three years to become master because my, you know, back then in my mind's eye, I wasn't ready for that kind of level. <laughs> you know, okay. to me that was big. It was huge. Um, so three years later when I became ready, um, I became a Reiki master. Very cool. What is, 
uh, what does it mean when it says you're ordained, you're an ordained minister in soul evolution? That is a very long but funny story, but basically the that I had, which he just recently transitioned in December of this past year, she was 98 years old. So I was, I was, wow. I am in deep gratitude that I was one of her last students, you know, before she transitioned. Okay. But, but she taught uh, was spiritual evolution. So the way I can basically um, summarize what that is, is just learning the deeper aspects of what true spirituality is, what your true essence is. That also includes learning about the Akashic Records. It will, it does go as far as learning about other planets and how to uh, time travel and how to travel, you know, out of your body to different places. And also, um, you know, going into your own personal skeleton closet, I always say, and really facing your own shit and owning it. You know, that's part of it because her, the way she, her teachings and her thing was in order for me to ordain you minister, you need to literally go through this spiritual boot camp right now. And if you pass this spiritual boot camp, now you'll be able to help others pass theirs. So that was basically her thing. And that was like three years. And, and, you know, I always, I joke and I tell people I was, I was a hot mess, you know, in terms during my spiritual evolution, because it took me three years to become ordained minister, whereas the other students were about a year. (laughs) She kept telling me I wasn't ready yet until finally I was ready. Well, part of that is everyone works at their own pace. And I think that's one of the lessons to tell people, if you're interested in your own spiritual path, it may take you a different path than it takes me or Yeah, that's so true. That's exact. Yeah. Like my, my spiritual path started in 2004, but I didn't start doing this professionally or out, out you know, openly until January of 2017. So there was a, a gap right. for me, just like what you're describing. Yes. Let, let me ask exactly. you this. Deep intuitive sound healing. What is that? And how does that factor into pursuing one's spiritual path? And, and what does it entail? I have always been drawn to music. And it's funny because the parents that I chose, um, they are both into music. You know, my, my dad's side of the family are all musicians and singers. And my mom was a hype dancer for salsa music for a big band called El, El Gran Combo. They're huge in Puerto Rico and, and within the Spanish community. And my uh, my family on that side, they also sang and played music. So it's I don't know how to sing or play instruments, but it doesn't surprise me that I chose as part of my healing practice, integrated sound energy. So what sound um, sound healing or integrated sound healing consists of is playing singing bowls or Himalayan bowls, um, crystal bowls, uh, rain sticks, drumming, anything that produces sound that will heal the body. And what sound does is it heals on a much more deeper level. It actually heals on a cellular level. And then YouTube actually has videos that provides proof of this. So because um, sound heals on a, on a uh, deep cellular level, and a lot of people don't know that our cells sing. You know, if you, you get like a, I don't know what they call it, it's like a special Doppler that can measure the sound of your cell, but it actually sings. And so when sound matches the vibration of that cell, it creates a harmony or what they call scalar energy. And so when it creates that kind of harmony, that's where the body starts to heal. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. that's interesting when you think about it this way. From my own personal experiences, 
vibrational frequencies, being able yes. to understand sound and music with vibrational frequencies and one's ability to gain a healing advantage from listening to certain types of songs. I love music. And when I'm home alone, oh my God. I love to play. I play all types of music that I yeah. just feel like inspires me and lightens the mood and takes the edge off things. And so I can understand what you're saying. Yeah. You're saying that sound healing is incorporating the dynamic of playing some type of instrument like singing bowls. They call it crystal bowls. Right. Gongs. Okay. And that would then in turn help provide a healing modality for anyone who's receiving it in the room or in front of you, that kind of thing where you're utilizing it. Yes, because it vibrates on the deeper level because we're talking actual frequency. You know, you feel it inside your, your body. And when you feel it, it's it, many people, they feel, you know, actual where there was blockage. They actually feel where the blockage was and they feel it release. And um, like you said, I, that's like a beautiful example of what you said. When you listen to certain songs that moves you or you have to play a specific song if you're feeling a certain kind of way, that feeling is what your cell is vibrating off of. And it creates that equilibrium, that, that peace. I love that. I think that's a great way of explaining it as well. I mm-hmm. uh, want to ask you that spiritual path. Mm-hmm. What other techniques or approaches would you suggest to someone who's new to this stuff to pursue their path? Like aside from meditation and looking into consulting with someone like yourself or myself, someone who's more well-versed in it, what other options mm-hmm. would you suggest? I always say, like I said, it's, it's, it's not only workshops, um, but also just being within the environment. Sometimes they have psychic festivals, you know. Um, you know, it's always cool to get psychic readings from different people who do different things, like, you know, get a reading from a palm reader, you know. Um, a lot of times these festivals, they have, like, free classes that you can, you know, become part of that you don't have to pay extra for. You can listen to a lot of these teachers. And sometimes there's these big conferences, like one that's coming up through uh, from Hay House. They have about 10 different uh, authors and spiritual teachers that are coming to teach and speak. Um, one of them that I can't wait to listen to, Joe Dispenza, who talks about deep body healing. I am dying. I am so looking forward to learning from him. But those are some of the workshops that you can attend to really learn from the masters, you know. Which which conference are you referring to, just in case our audience wants to learn more about that, from Hay House? Hey, yeah, from Hay House. It's, I believe it's going to be at the Amelie Arena here in Tampa, but they're doing a tour. So you can always look, okay. go to hayhouse.com and just see what cities uh, they'll be touring. And, and it's about 10 different teachers. There's a, there's a couple of psychic, um, I think it's Kyle, I forgot his name, Kyle's, um, I forgot his last name, but he's teaching a psychic class. And then there's Colette, and I forgot her last name. <laughs> That's okay. I'm not, I'm not a very good example right now. But anyway, some of these okay. people who created oracle cards and, you know, mediums and um, those who understand the art of healing, which are the ones that I'm gravitating towards, they're teaching workshops like that, conferences like that are just amazing. They're awesome. Because they started out just like you and I. Sure. And I'm looking right now at the Hay House Live conference that's going to be here in Tampa, where we're both located, May 2nd to 3rd. It's over a weekend. And it looks like it costs between $150 and $200. So it's pretty affordable. Yes, it is. Especially with these, yes, 
with these teachers are amazing. It's worth the money. Are you going to go to it? <laughs> yeah, I'm totally. Joe Dispenza, I'm, I'm going to him on the second and on the third. I'm trying to um, choose which one I want to see because they're all great. That's phenomenal. I'll have to check that out. Thanks to you coming on the show. Mm-hmm. Now I know about this. I can yes. walk to it. <laughs> yeah, about, you can. Talk about what you find from your personal experience working with clients over the years was, has been the greatest challenge for you to connect to people that you try to help and they seem reluctant to work with you. What have you found to be the greatest obstacle for yourself trying to work with clients that aren't responding to what you suggest or they just seem closed off? Well, those individuals, a lot of times, um, I always say that people are guided to me who are ready to spiritually grow. But those individuals that basically want me to hold their hand, those are the ones that are my challenge because they just want a quick fix. They just want to get it over with and spiritually grow like now with the snap of my finger and the snap of theirs. <laughs> and they <laughs> they don't understand that it takes time. It takes patience. It's a lot of deprogramming <laughs> that we go through, Sure, you know? Um, so I don't, lose my patience or any of that, but I do communicate to them that they have, you know, you have to hold yourself responsible for your own growth. You know, I'm just here to be that third wheel to kind of help you balance yourself. You've got to do the rest. Basically shifting paradigms within yourself, open yourself up to be able to grasp these concepts. Cause I think a lot of times the average person is taught that if you can't see it in front of you, if you can't touch it, feel it, it likely isn't right. real, so be skeptical. And so right, at least right. that's my personal experience with this stuff is once I started pursuing it, it, my spiritual path, I had to like let everything out the window that previously was taught to me and, and not be as much of a skeptic, but be open to things that are different. And it's funny because I have had people who like say they've revert, they've bought uh, gift certificates for individuals that they felt needed it and they would come in and they would like, okay, what is this? <laughs> You know, and so I would always the way that I would explain to them in layman's terms is, you know, it's just basically a massage for a soul without actual massage. It's a transfer of energy that will help you calm. When I use the example of Tai Chi, they, you know, depending on who I'm talking to, I use certain examples and they get it. They're like, oh, okay, well, I'm open for it. And they open themselves in trust because obviously it it only takes trust first, you know, and then sure. when they receive the energy healing, they, they feel comfortable. They understand what it is, you know, and they, a lot of times they just feel calm. They feel really calm and they feel that sense of reset. And a lot of times maybe I may not see them again, but it's the seed that has been planted towards their spiritual growth. One of the things that I'll, I'll chime in on with this, and I agree with what you just said, that I find from personal mm-hmm. experiences, sometimes I call myself the social psychic all these years. When I go out to social environments yeah. with friends, family, on an airplane or in a restaurant, sometimes I'll have someone come across me and say, do you pick up anything about me? Or do you pick up anything yeah. about my friend? And, and the person sitting there is a skeptic and has never encountered an intuitive reading yeah. or mediumship. And I'll find that if I pick up something it'll turn them from being a skeptic to being open-minded more so from the experience yeah. of encountering this type of healing or this kind of experience. And I yeah. think that has, that goes a long way with changing societal attitudes. Is that what you would think as well? Yeah, 
yeah, I agree with you totally because it's it's evidential. You know what I mean? They need the evidence. So, you know, most people, we're all taught to touch, feel, smell. And, you know, when you provide the evidence, it's like, oh, okay. Um, let's say you're on a plane and you're flying somewhere. Mm-hmm. And let's say that someone asks you, oh, so where are you headed to? Oh, I'm going to a, a spiritual conference. I'm going to go see Hay House in New Orleans. Oh, what's Hay right. House? And you'll say, oh, well, I, I, I do spiritual work. What is that? And let's say they're an engineer. And let's say they're looking at their engineer stuff for work. And oh. you just start explaining, <laughs> well, I work in the spiritual realm. I do energy healing, mediumship reading, spiritual guidance, integrative sound therapy. And they just kind of take their glasses and look at you a certain way. How would you handle that kind of situation if you've ever had it happen to you personally? I always joke, you know, <laughs> that's just me. I don't usually go that deep, though. I don't go all okay. out. I Normally what, what happens is if somebody says, what, what do you do? I, I tell them that, you know, I, I do energy healing. I'm, I'm a Reiki healer. And then I explain what Reiki is. And, you know, I utilize the, the example of, you know, chi energy or life force energy because a lot of times they've heard of that and that I channel that energy to the individual. So I'm not the healer, but, and, you know, sometimes they get it and they're, 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 they find it really cool. And sometimes they're like, okay, I don't know what well, that's cool, but yeah. Okay. Whatever. And I just leave it alone. I don't push. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. I know you're pursuing your psychic mediumship abilities. Can you tell the audience yeah. a little bit about that and how you started to go on that path and what you're doing about it? Well, it's it's a funny story about, I would say, two years ago, maybe three years ago. While I was in the middle of a healing session of a woman that kept having miscarriages, she had like six or seven. All of a sudden, in my third eye, I saw this little boy. And this, this is when I learned spirit guide can actually incarnate as your own child. And so this child, you know, I actually got into an argument with this um, spirit baby, I like to call it, because this child kept changing its mind. It wanted to incarnate and then not incarnate. It was just one soul that was responsible for her consistent miscarriage. And so then long story short, yeah, it was insane. And this, this spirit baby was the one that kept holding up a line because what I always tell people, there's always a line of souls waiting to be born. So this particular spirit baby was just, you know, just being, uh, I guess they, well, in the spirit realm, they're not really selfish, but, you know, they, they could, it couldn't make up its mind. So anyway, so long story short, towards the end of the session, before the session ended, I literally told the spirit baby that spirit guides actually walked the earth before. They were human before, but when you transition to a different dimension, you forget, I guess, according to this little spirit baby. So I reminded the spirit baby what it was like to be human and have human emotions and that what that spirit baby was doing was really hurting the mother and, um, you know, making her cry and making her hurt. And so in my third eye, I saw the sad face and I saw this, this little soul kind of go into a corner, like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Long story short, this baby, which is the same face that I saw was born about two months after she got pregnant. So nine months after that child decided to, which was a boy, decided to incarnate and she said well whatever you told this spirit it was like oh okay so when I went to my my mentor about it she was starting her uh, mediumship workshop and it was kind of like a um, 
like a test run. So she had me and six other people in her group to do this test run in terms of mediumship development, because she says that that won't be the only time, which is true. It, it hasn't been the only time that something like that happened. And so during the mediumship development, what we do is we do a whole lot of exercises where we get comfortable with other souls coming through, communicating with those souls and, you know, doing a lot of different exercises. And so now it's, I can, you know, confidently work with it and stuff like that. I know a long story. I was trying to make it short. No, (laughs) you're fine. You're fine. What, What I'll add to that is when I started mm-hmm. doing readings on a professional basis, the more I did them, the more comfortable I got in my skin with mediumship yes. and intuitive mm-hmm. readings. And I find the more you do it, the more familiar you get with it and the better in tuned with it, you, you know, confidence and everything else. And it sounds like yeah, that's what totally. mediumship training is and, you know, and, 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 and also like sometimes even if you're doing a modality, if you start doing healing, other gifts will open up once you're ready for it. And that's where you start to gravitate towards, you know, let me learn more about this because I'm noti- noticing this change, this addition to my gift. If you would believe this, yeah. we're running low on time. <laughs> so okay. I want to ask you. This has been fun. <laughs> I want to ask you uh, a final question here. Where do you see the future sure. path? Spirituality, uh, different energy modalities, mediumship. It's a pretty broad question, but what I want to ask you is my observation of doing the podcast the last two years almost is that we're in a renaissance right now. There's a rebirth mm-hmm. in the interest yeah. of wanting to learn about all things spiritual. And I wanted to ask you going forward, where do you think this is going to go 10 years from now? What direction do you think this stuff will have? Well, I can definitely agree with Miss America when she says that she wants world peace. <laughs> we're getting towards that you know what I mean I have to agree I believe world peace is actually happening which is why so much chaos is going on but you know a lot of people are starting to you know uh, want to get out of the matrix they're realizing that they're in the matrix and they want to get out of it and when I mean in the matrix meaning in that box of fear, anger, you know, control, you know, all that stuff. When you get out of the matrix, it's more of uh, being more freedom, you know, more of your truth. So with that said, I feel like people are going towards and being comfortable in their own skin and in their own truth and pursuing their heart's desires. And, and they're not any longer going towards like religion that is very structured. Not to say that religion is bad, but some people require more more freedom. And so I think we're just really going towards that world peace. We're learning how to create peace within us on the individual level in order for that to reflect on a collective level. So the That's more great. we work on ourselves, the more, you know, closer to world peace we're going to get to. That answer. I have one other additional question just to ask you. If you were a spirit sure. animal, what would you be and why? Oh, my goodness. Let's see. I've never thought about that. That's a good question. Huh. I say. You want me to go first? <laughs> yeah, you go first. Just to give you some guidance, and, and I've done this question before. So I would be an uh-huh. owl, and I like, I like birds, as you know. I have two parrots. But for spiritual yes. purposes, I like the idea of mm-hmm. wisdom, gaining wisdom, inspiring others with wisdom, and that's why an owl would be my spirit animal. I would say, well, only because I work with a certain – um, what they call it Orishas, but we're one in the same. I think I would be a tiger. A tiger. 
only because a tiger or, and believe it or not, I'm not a huge fan of cats, but I have so much respect for them because of their symbolism. So I think I will be somewhere in a wild cat family. So it could be a panther or a tiger, only because they, <laughs> maybe the sound self is their royalty in a sense, and they can see in the dark, okay. they see past bullshit, you know, they can see past spirits sure. and good spirits. They're very ma- magical. Um, they're very protective, you know, but they have so much respect. So I think it would be more in the cat family, a wild cat of some sort. So we've landed on our feet. So the re- the resounding ability to rebound oh, yeah. from difficult situations. And I have. So. And I have. So that's really good. <laughs> I have because people don't understand what I've been through. So, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> yes. That's so Thank true. Thank you so much. I really Thank appreciate you today sharing your I appreciate you. Your... Thank you so much for coming on and, and, and helping us discuss ways to develop our own spiritual path and talking about these subtopics under this umbrella topic itself. Thank you. And thank you so much for having patience with me in this Mercury retrograde and the lack of <laughs> the bad communication that I have, which Mercury is in my first house, which is communication. So, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Let me ask you this, Millie. Just to reiterate, mm-hmm. if anyone from the audience wants to reach out to you, how would be the best way for them to contact you? The best way to contact me would be actually through my website, which is um, milagroswellness.com. Or if you would prefer to actually reach out to me to talk to me personally, you can call me at 813-388-1702. But I do encourage texting because if you, it's hard for me to answer the phone. I'm kind of like a one-man band. So I try to get back to phone calls after my appointment. So it's always good to text. I could shoot back a quick text to you of any questions. When you just said that, uh, obviously I get intuitive stuff sometimes, and you're not going to be a one-woman band for long. So keep that in mind. You're oh. going to grow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Thank you. So yeah. Thank you. Right. I appreciate it. Thank you so it. much, Millie. I appreciate it. Right. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you. You too. Bye. I just want to thank Millie for coming on the show today and sharing her own personal viewpoints about ways that one can develop their own spiritual path. I had had the pleasure of knowing Millie personally since I started being a uh, professional open psychic in January of 2017. I express a lot of gratitude in having her agree to come on today. It takes some confidence and some courage to come on to a podcast and uh, express these ideas. In terms of our audience, I just want to encourage each of you that if you feel drawn pursuing a spiritual path, do so. There's no reason to not do so. You'll gain more than you can ever imagine. The rewards of meditation, various modalities of healing, such as Reiki healing, sound healing, any type of these aspects of learning about soul evolution, or just in general, I think it could just make you more in tune with yourself and with the world, the greater world around you, the universe. It'll also make you, I believe, opened up understanding people with different points of views, different perspectives. Something to keep in mind, food for thought. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and for continuing to support the show. If anyone has any questions about this episode or any episode, you can always contact me directly via email, info at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. You can also check out our Instagram as well as our website and Facebook pages. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. 
If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook, and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. Are you looking for that perfect gift to express your appreciation for your loved one or bestie? Well, look no further. Royal Susie offers one-of-a-kind designs with genuine high-quality crystals, stones, and the most precious of metals that are guaranteed to satisfy the urges of your inner king or queen. Each piece is handcrafted with love and is sure to inspire and captivate all. Indulge yourself by visiting Royal Susie's website at www.royalsusie.com for splendid items like agate bookends, impressively crystal-studded bottle stoppers, and beautifully handcrafted nightlights that will charm every room in your home. Royal Susie's featured collections will truly delight your guests and always make them feel welcome. Any questions? Contact Royal Susie directly by email at royalsusiedesigns at yahoo.com. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park, or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum, restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Pack podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.